0: All right, Black and White Christianity, episode five, title, Being a Good Steward. Amen. I'm your host, Walter Mitchell.
1: And I'm your co-host, Tyreek Osborne.
0: Woo! We're happy to be here. Thankful to be with you guys, wherever you are. We're glad you're tuning in, and we're happy to get into the word, get into conversation. Let's dive into it. Before we get started, let's go into a word of prayer, and then we'll jump in. Sovereign Lord, Almighty God, we're just so thankful for all that you're doing and continuing to do. Lord, we ask that you would please be here with us tonight, that you would move in this place, that you would make the conversation fruitful, that those that are listening would be spurred on to seek you in your word. Forgive us of sins and spirit, and please be here with us tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to ask you a question just to start it off with. We've got some scripture we're going to bring tonight, and we will put that in uh, here in a little bit. But I want to start it off with this question. Why would you say people are so content having other people do everything for them in the culture and in the church? I know that's a big question. Take your time.
1: That's fair. Um <laughs> Uh, we we've had uh, off off camera conversation about this, and uh, and and in reality, I would say people want things done for them. It's kind of threefold. One, they do not want to be accountable. They do not want mm. to be accountable because when you are accountable to something, you have to answer for said things. So. That's a, that's a part of the contention where it's like, you know, I'll do stuff, but just leave me out of it. Like, you know, don't, don't. When it's time to answer for things, I don't want to have to do that. Also, you know, the responsibility of following things through and making sure that things are getting done the way that they need to be getting done, how they need to be getting done, all of that stuff. That that responsibility, a lot of people also want to play the background. They don't even want to do anything. They're just kind of there to hear and not necessarily be involved in anything. If you can just do this thing for me and then I don't have to be put my name on it, we're good to go. you know. And then all of that could just be summed up in laziness most people just want things done for them and they don't want to have to do anything think about it or put it in like as long as you're doing it i know it'll get done so i don't have to do it good
0: and i think i think that's a great point the rely the relying on someone else to do what you should be doing i think encompasses our culture right now wouldn't you say Mm, absolutely we would like someone else to do the thing that could go wrong, no risk. So if I'm not involved in it, there's no risk on my behalf. I would just like to benefit from your risk. So therefore you do the the, the labor part of it. Uh, and then I'll just reap the reward. And Mm -hmm. that is that, that, that is embedded in our culture. Now I'm going to speak a little bit to this with the church. And I think you probably already know where I'm headed with this. This is the same idea of I'm just going to be fed on Sunday by someone else that did the reading for me. I'll come in, mouth open, bib on, and I'd like to be fed. After this, I'm not going to touch the word, prayer closet, fellowship, Bible study, prayer meet, none of that until next Sunday, because this is where I come to be fed. That is another thing that is just saturating the churches of a bunch of lazy Christians. and. We don't want to do it ourselves. I spoke about the church side of things of not wanting to do the work ourselves, not wanting to not only do the work, but be in the work. And that can go to the other side as well. You're able to speak a lot more to the culture side of like, and I was going to ask you about this. What would you say is, is what's the word I'm looking for? Um, kind of embedding the culture with all of these programs that everybody can get on so they don't have to work. Like, what, what is the appeal to that? Why is that such a big deal for people? I think you said it, <laughs> you got these programs that are kind of like
1: our cookie cutter. They're already established. People can just kind of seamlessly come in. And then, you know, when when it's time to get recognition or the big picture goes up on the wall, people could be there front row, big smiles. And they're just like, I was there, you see that. I was a part of this, I was a part of this team. I was a part of the mission team. I was a part of that team. They, they want to be affiliated with the work. But they don't want to do the work. So, hmm. I mean, like, I hope that answers your question. I guess my answer, my question to you would be like, why is, why are people so going, like why is going through the process
0: so unattractive to people, like the process? Hmm. Why is that? It's that initial, that instant gratification. We've done this to ourselves, right? Through technology, through everything about our culture, I always go back to this commercial. It's your money and you want it now. <laughs> I, always, I always go back to that commercial. That sums up our culture. I think it's JG Wentworth. I think yeah. that's the <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the commercial. And that is so true of how we are. Is there a shortcut to this? The game of uh can't remember. It's it's either sorry or life or one of those board games, they always have like a shortcut path. You ain't got to go around the whole thing and, and, you know, go through the process. Just cut the line. Go this way. Mm -hmm. I think that this whole thing is, why not? It's available. Why should I say no? Why should I put myself in a place that it's going to be hard on me when there's the option to do it the easy way? Why is that such a thing for us?
1: I mean, (laughs) It, it, I, I, I can only say that it all comes down to laziness. And I, can only, I can generally sum all of that up in laziness. But the thing about it is, is people want the result without the work, but they don't understand the process is where the pudding is. I guess if you want to put it that way, like the process is where you get the understanding. The process is where you mature. Mm. The process is where you develop the process is where you understand where things are going to fall off or where things are going to make sense you know the trial the trial and error the fail you know the failures is what helps you to be able to develop and and put boundaries and to know where boundaries are to how to how to put things in place how to set up processes all of that goes you learn that in the process. And when you want to skip that and go to a level that you haven't worked yourself to, once you get to said level, you will be destroyed because you do not know how to conduct yourself in this level.
0: Is it just a generational thing, would you say? Is this is this whole, you know, being a good steward, going through the work, putting in the work, long hours in the word or at work or in culture or in the church, Really, putting in the time to mature in multitudes of ways—is that just a generational thing? Uh,
1: yes and no. And the reason why I'm going to say yes and no is because of accessibility, access to things such as the internet, um, connectivity, like um, like cellular phones. Uh, you know, uh, just all the, all of these different things. Over time, back in the day. You were you were taught uh, you always hear it from older from the older generation you got to know the value of hard work that's what they used to say all the time I've heard that from the older generation so much the value of hard work and as time is gone by connectivity being able to being able to fly and get somewhere in a couple of hours that would take you a month if you were doing it the other way around or you know in a car a week or whatever you know when when you when you have these kind of abilities to be able to connect and stuff like that now it's more so about how can we get it done faster how can we how can we put process in place time to is make, money yes how can we make this easier it's all time time has always been money but the thing about it is it's like now it's about it's about connectivity. If you don't move fast enough, you miss it. you missed the thing. You know, it's always been that way. But now, because of the connectivity, the, the the ability to get to one place or another, like how we are right now. I'm in I'm in North Carolina. You're in Indiana. You know what I mean? Like, like, but we're here talking to each other, like we're in the same room. And it's a technology. These kind of things, like the the ability to have that connection extremely quick now is more so about, you know, convenience. So if we were to do this podcast now and I had to travel to you or you had to travel to me, we would, it's a big difference in, in our day-to-day life of how we would have to make that happen as opposed to how we make it and it happen right now. So I would say to answer your question, generationally, yes, but because of advancements in technology as the generations have progressed. That's what
0: I would say. So, I want to I want to go back to one of the questions that you asked. Why is the process so unattractive? I think another level to that is submission to authority. There's not submission to the authority that is putting the said process in place, and so therefore I'm not I don't respect you, nor do I submit to you. So I'm gonna do this my way, how I feel like I should be doing it, and making the money how I want, or or whatever the case may be, uh, inside the church, outside the church, accountability. In general, people don't like. They don't like it. No one likes to have somebody say, "Hey, man, are you doing that thing? Are you you making sure you're you're doing the thing? You're not watching this. You're you're not eating this. You're not going over here with her or him or spending your money and all these crazy No one likes having to be clocked, but we all need it. We all need it. Mm -hmm. Even if you're like, "Well, I'm grown. I don't want." Regardless. Regardless, just because you're grown, you just have enough muscle to to use the shovel to dig a bigger hole for yourself. So you need somebody there to say, hey, look, that's not a good place. I would encourage all of our listeners, however few they may be or large they may be, to say to someone in their life, hey, look, I would like you to keep me accountable. So you have 110% say and can speak into my life with no consternation. I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to hear you out. That is a great deal of help for someone's life. Mm-hmm. But every because of the privacy, everybody's just closed off. What I'm doing is me and I'm, I'm not hurting nobody else. Our responsibility to one another is to care enough about the other person to put ourselves out there for them to hold them accountable. Same to us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, uh, I I can't agree with you more. Uh, the the one thing that you had said that really uh that that I wanted to really speak on is the um the fact that like you know with the with the accountability, a lot of people say you know I'm grown, I, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. You know, in any other aspect of life, it doesn't matter your age if said process or whatever calls for accountability you can't like you know how 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 much is i'm grown gonna hold a bucket of water if you are responsible for a busload of children and you don't have any kind of idea how many children on the bus what their names are who, like, where? what kind of special, like, you know, uh, are, are con- accommodations that they may need, allergies, you know, specific kind of foods, whatever. You don't know any of those things. But, you know, and then it's time to leave and children are getting on the bus and there's children missing or somebody's having anaphylactic shock in the back. You know what? I'm coming to you and I, I need you to answer my question. What What's going on here? I'm grown. Where you going where are you going with that to jail that's where you going to so like it, that, this, this is where this is where these these parts are because most people they just look at their life and they say this is me I'm not hurting anybody this is my life so if I don't want to answer for it I don't have to well the problem is unaccountability not being accountable for your life for how you act what you do not being able to say, you know, I, I'm taking responsibility for that. That was my fault or whatever. Through life, you interact with people and your interaction, whether you want to believe it or not, has an effect on somebody that you mm-hmm. that you come into contact with. So it's not that that that's immature to think that you can just do whatever you want and it has no effect on the surrounding area, on on the environment and on the people that are in it. Like so that, that, yeah, just to
0: answer that question. There's, there's a level of getting rid of pride that is going, the only way that's going to allow someone to allow someone else to speak into your life, because if pride is there a hundredfold, you'll never hear from anyone else. You'll mm-hmm. only, you'll only think you know best and your way is the way to go. And that's just it. So it takes a level of humility to allow somebody to speak into your life. Now, I'm gonna transition just a bit here about good stewards, about being a good steward and, and what that kind of entails. I would go ahead and say- Before you because do, much-
1: before you do, cause we're like, we're right on this topic. And I would like to ask you this question, since we're talking about accountability, Where, where's the line? Where's the line between um, holding a believer accountable and you know, judging their spiritual growth? I guess that's what I would say, like with, with that, that line, I feel like that's a very thin line between holding somebody accountable and then coming across as somebody who is judging somebody's growth. What, what would you say? What would you say about that?
0: So that's a great question. And I'll, and I'll say this about that in the church, because we're talking about believers here in mm-hmm. the church. There should be a level of accountability across the board with the elders, with the deacons, with the lay, uh, uh, the people that are in there just day in and day out. But when you get to a place where you're so involved, and it's hard to find a church like this, where everybody is holding everyone else accountable, but there are times where church discipline should be coming into place. Hey, look, don't get into that relationship. You're married. You are married. I know. I see how you're looking at him or her. Don't do this. I'm trying to hold you accountable to your wife or husband. Don't go down that road. And they're like, whatever. I know what I'm doing, I'm grown. That that mentality will get you in trouble every time and then when you go and said do that there needs to be never should the, the judging someone. Paul does speak about we should judge those in the church. We should hold the people in the church accountable. That doesn't mean to condemn, but it does mean to hold them accountable. And church discipline sometimes calls for excommunicating or saying, <laughs> "Hey, look, you we have to keep this congregation pure and you're clearly rebelling." And saying I'm gonna do what I want, and I'm gonna come back here and spread that kind of cancerous mentality around to all the other people that are trying to be pure. And maybe I'm someone of note here, and they're gonna, hey, brother, so and so's over here doing this. This must not be that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the line: knowing when to say something and knowing when to act. I think there's the line.
1: Yeah one one uh, yeah absolutely. Uh, your your statement uh that you know the the bad one, the one bad fruit spoils the bunch. You know what I mean? Like if if there's no, if there's no separation, if there's no picking up on something that is going sideways in the church, addressing it. And then if it's not being done, like you said, you know, excommunicating, like you, you have to, are you going to let the whole bushel of fruit go bad over one fruit? No, you're going to remove that fruit. Like, you know, you're not about to let that whole entire thing, like a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. You know, um, to, to, I completely agree with what you're saying. And uh, to me, the the differentiation between, you know, uh, accountability and judging someone is simply coming to them with scripture. Hey, I've, I've observed this happening. This is what I've seen with my eyes. I, I've observed it. And scripture says this, that, this, that, and the third, I guess, you know, what, what, what are we gonna do about that? You know, you put the ball in their court via scripture. You're not like, oh, scripture says this and you're doing this. So obviously you're not a believer you're trash. Like that's judgment. You know what I mean? Don't put any of your extra into it. Keep it biblical, straight biblical. You're doing, I'm seeing this from you and the Bible says this and you're still doing this. May I ask you why? You
0: know, the ball's there, in there. There's a process even in the church. Mm -hmm. so you go to them with one person they don't want to hear it you go to them with another person two people Mm -hmm. they don't want to hear it you bring them in front of the church
1: they don't want to hear it
0: then you treat them like a tax collector or like someone that's either a baby christian or as an unbeliever and so like i know churches that will put people out for certain activities that was addressed and they said this is who i am you can't be here then If that's who you are, if you're okay with being in a homosexual relationship and flaunting it among the children or among this, you can't be here. So that's not what we believe in. That's not what our faith would condone. And so to people cheapen grace today, it's not that there's no grace. For for goodness sakes, we've sat here and said, hey, look, come to that person. We didn't say, "Uh, are you divorced? Get out. Yeah, say that. you came to him and say, hey, look, we, we need to have a conversation. I'm noticing you look like you're in another relationship while you're married. We need to talk about this. Please, let's come come to come together around you and have, help mm-hmm. us understand you can't be doing that And hopes that we can turn the person around in accountability, holding them responsible. Just just one one big circle and hoping that they would be a good steward of the faith that was given to them. That is the hope. Right. So. I wanted to ask you, you had said you had brought a scripture. Would you mind reading that? Absolutely.
1: My scripture is um, um, out of Luke 16 and 10. says, One who is faithful and very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. So, yeah. You know, with a good, being a good steward, I mean, like, I'm thinking... Very specifically about a, uh, a a story in the Bible, a parable in the Bible, where um there there was a there was a I believe he was a steward, and he was about to get fired, he was about to get put out and destitute, so he started going to everybody who owed his employer master whatever you what you would have it money, and he was lessening their debt like how much do you owe i owe a hundred of this okay i'm gonna scratch this out now you owe 50 he was setting himself up he was already being you know um not, not a good steward yeah he had been tried and found out to not be accountable accountable reliable any of that stuff they were getting ready to get rid of him so he went through and lessened everybody's bills so once he got fired he had you know. He had a cushion there for people to be able to help him get to where he needed to. Remember, I looked you out. I need a little something sum now. You know, um, that that right there is a sign of the of the bad steward. You know, what I mean, then we have the other parables in the Bible where people are given talents, and you know, they they come to the Lord. Oh, you gave me this much, and I've and I've doubled it. You gave me this much, and I've got I got five. Now I got ten. Or I I was scared of what you would do, so I buried. You know, like you, we, you got, you got these examples. So there's examples in the Bible and it's letting us know that what we have been given, we are responsible for, we are accountable for, and there will be um, a, a, a totaling at the end. We, we're going to have to give an account of what we
0: had, what we, what we had and what we did with it. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's going to be a. Uh you're going to be judged for what you do, what the deeds were. And I know I don't want to get off on this because this is a completely other podcast episode we could have, but people get really caught up on works in the church of how, you know, it's not works that saves you. You, You're correct. I heard somebody say one time, and this isn't my own, but I thought it was a great phrase. It's not about works for salvation is about does your faith work? And, (laughs) and that is so true. Does your faith work? and so. I will say, I'm going to read my scripture now, but I will say to be a good steward is remember, a steward, that means it's not yours. You're just caring for somebody else's property. Absolutely. You don't own it, you're a servant. So to be a good steward of something you don't own means you care about that person's property as that person would. And so that's what it would mean to be a good steward of the spirit or be a good steward of the ministry you've been given or your family or those children aren't yours. The Lord gave them to you. Do you care for them like he cares for them? And he loves it. That is what a good steward is caring enough about what you've been entrusted with as the person that entrusted it to you. So let's, mine is from Philippians two verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, But now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation, your out your salvation with fear and trembling. And I chose this one tonight because for a couple of reasons, but one of them is doing the right thing and being accountable and responsible, even when nobody's looking. You don't just do it when the person that you care what they think is right there. When Christ comes back, there's going to be no opportunity for you to be like, oh, yeah, let me get let me get right over here. It's too late. You need to be doing it before that and actively being it being a part of your life. The other thing is work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't mean having somebody else work out your salvation one time a week. Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. That means you are fearful of the one that can not only kill the body, but to throw the body and soul into hell. And so I chose that tonight because to be a good steward means to do to steward what you've been given, even when the master's not looking.
1: That's a very pertinent scripture. And uh, and it speak, and it speaks to it speaks to being a good steward as not just so one-sided or, or one-minded as to think that stewardship is just accountability over products or money or anything like that. Stewardship is holistic. And the Christian and the Christian faith, like you're you're being a good steward over your family, like you said, you're being a good steward over yourself. You're being a good steward over the brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know what I mean? Like you're also being a good steward over uh, the 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 relationships you have, whether it's whether it's um, uh, business relationships, whether it's, uh, you know, workplace relationships or friendships, you know, you're being a good steward. You're, you're, you're watching as well as praying. You know, you're, you're talking to people and you're telling them, I'm seeing this kind of stuff, you know, what's going on You're you're present. And a lot of people aren't present anymore. And it's hard, it's, it's impossible. To be a good steward and not be present. You see people like, we, we've talked about this in, in multiple podcasts. Is I don't want to uh, get off topic, but you, you get into an elevator and everybody's doing this number. Mm-hmm. People's around, nobody's present anymore. And to be a good steward, you have to be present. You have to be there. You have to be accountable. You have to be responsible. So speaking to that point about holistic stewardship, my question to you is, is uh why 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 should we sever ties with unproductive friendships
0: you know <clears throat> I'm going to actually bring a scripture for this one because I read uh, I read this this is from second Thessalonians 3 and it uh, it reads hold on let me uh, about idleness and I'm going to read it In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you've received from us. For you yourself know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anybody's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We should not be, not only, idle people that aren't believers but idle people first of all we shouldn't even be dealing with them in that kind of capacity but we're talking about the believers now don't be a part of anybody who's an idle believer somebody that claims christ and is idle or disruptive for goodness sakes the reason that those people and and paul actually goes on to say this is to shame you in hopes that because later on, he says, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. If you're not willing to come along with the believers and get in the work and you're just kind of there hanging out. That's a bad example for the people, maybe, little, maybe young children believers. Now, I'm not talking about babies here. I'm talking about somebody that's a newcomer. They're looking at you and they're like, he ain't doing nothing. So I think I mean, that seems right. And now they're sitting there not doing nothing. That's a bad example. You don't want to, too many times, and, I have to, and I'm going to say this just bluntly, sometimes just your presence is validating their bad decision. And so you cannot continue to be around said person because you even being there is making them feel like, hey, this person thinks it's fine because they just keep chilling with them. They keep hanging out. So they think this is okay, and that's not good.
1: Absolutely absolutely um yes and you know you, you spoke you spoke to the believer and you know i i would like to speak to the believers that are watching it uh the, you know the podcast and they and they have other friends and other associates and stuff like that that they have a relationship with before maybe before they became believers or you know something along those lines and they and they have, uh, secular Friendships, people who don't believe as they believe, and they're, and they're and they're sticking around. I uh, just wanted to read a scripture. We got Second Corinthians here, sixteen and 14. I mean, excuse me, Second Corinthians six and fourteen, and it says, from I'm reading from the ESV, it says, "Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness?" And I I encourage everyone on on that's watching this podcast if you have non-believing friends talk to them share the share the truth but then you have to also understand when your words are falling on death ear when you are around people that you that that do not believe as you believe and you spend time with them, you think it's, it's okay, you know, I'm witnessing to them. You must be careful, you must be vigilant, and you must be watching because it's easier for you to be influenced by the world because you are in the flesh than it is for you to influence someone spiritually toward Christ when they are not awake in Christ. They're dead in their flesh. So it's going to be difficult for you to speak to them about spiritual things. And them to actually get it, as opposed opposed to you being able to understand the physical things as which we are, which we were in the flesh, dead in the flesh, condemned already. We know that all too well. So we can relate to that all too well, even though we're new creatures, we're still in this flesh. So it's so much easier for you to be influenced by them than it is for for, um, you to influence them. So just be encouraged. Read that scripture to yourself and understand that, you know, you have to cultivate the environment that you need to continue on in the faith to uh, to keep out uh, things that would hinder your growth in the Lord and your, your time and your time that is so precious. That's all we have. You know, what I mean, we have a little bit of time that we're here. We're here for a miss. We're a miss. We're only here for a little bit of time. And people will suck your time away from you that you could have been using to do something to further your spiritual growth or to help the body of believers. But you are spending your time with unproductive people that are not helping you. They're not, they might not be hindering you to your face, but they're also not helping you. They're just there.
0: It's the Christian faith is oftentimes turning away from something that is good and going near to something that is great, and and we want to encourage you on this channel. We don't just want to come with you know staunch all the time, but I do want to encourage you to be a good steward of your time, to be a good steward of your friends. You know, take accountability of who you're letting into your life, who you're letting into your home, who you're letting it around your family, your children. They have influence, so <laughs> don't you want people that are going to pour into you Christ-centered? Uh, biblical worldview stuff instead of the world's junk now with that being said we don't want to discourage you from sharing the gospel of jesus christ we want you to do that but we want to make it very clear that you don't fall into this place of oh yeah i'm just in this friendship to be the light in this place but yet you go along with all of their carnal stuff and you say oh i'm just a light there don't fool yourself because the darkness will start to creep into you If you continue to play around with it, you like it. Just be honest with yourself. You like to do some of the stuff they like to do still. Don't mess with that. Find a body of believers. Get your friends there and grow together. Don't find yourself amongst the weeds because the weeds will choke you out. Just remember that. Um, Any more comments about anything before we close tonight? No, I'm, I'm,
1: you know, I, I shared everything that I prepared, you know, and Great. Uh, you know, I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful that, you know, this is, We we've we've been able to get together again and do this mm-hmm. podcast and, you know, be able to share this. I think I, I'm, I'm truly encouraged that this that, uh the words that we've shared here are going to help someone, someone that is yep. someone looking for this information. And I'm glad that it's out there. You know,
0: be a good steward in all that you do. Because one day, we'll all have to give an account to the one that created us. Guys, we love you. We're so thankful that you keep being here.
1: We're going to have to give an account for everything that we that we were given. And I'm grown is not a good answer. For that <laughs> no. just, wanted to, just wanted to nail that one. No, it, <laughs> but,
0: all of those excuses. No one tells me what to do. All of that, it, it's going to put you in a bad place. We don't want that for you. We don't want that for you, okay? So we're thankful that you're here. Share, like, subscribe, and comment. We'd love to hear from you. And like always, guys, we love you. God God bless.